Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption. Everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because party of redemption, your table is now ready. Well, there you are, and it is hard to believe we are here in mid-November. And I hope that wherever you are today and listening to this podcast, that you are surrounded by some beautiful fall color. It has been absolutely spectacular the past week or so here in Alabama. We're a few days out from Thanksgiving, and hopefully you and yours will be reunited around a common table this year, especially if 2020 kept you apart. And then comes the anticipation of Advent and the celebration of the greatest birth known to humankind, Christmas, the birth of God's own Son, the birth of God's only begotten Son, the birth of God's own fool. That's right. Jesus Christ is a fool. Welcome to this November edition of Redemption's Table. Musician Michael Card wrote these song lyrics about Jesus back in the mid-1980s. Seems I've imagined him all of my life as the wisest of all of mankind. But if God's holy wisdom is foolish to men, he must have seemed out of his mind. For even his family said he was mad, and the priest said a demon's to blame. But God in the form of this angry young man could not have seemed perfectly sane. When we in our foolishness thought we were wise, he played the fool and he opened our eyes. When we in our weakness believed we were strong, he became helpless to show we were wrong. And so we followed God's own fool, for only the foolish can tell. Believe the unbelievable and come be a fool as well. So come lose your life for a carpenter's son, for a madman who died for a dream, and you'll find the faith his first followers had, and you'll feel the weight of the beam. So surrender the hunger to say you must know. Have the courage to say, I believe. For the power of paradox opens your eyes and blinds those who say they can see. When we in our foolishness thought we were wise, he played the fool and he opened our eyes. When we in our weakness believed we were strong, he became helpless to show we were wrong. And so we follow God's own fool, for only the foolish can tell. Believe the unbelievable and come be a fool as well. How do those words strike you? Do those words strike you? If you are a follower of Jesus, you do know you follow a fool, right? 
at least from the culture's viewpoint you do, but hopefully you see this truth for yourself as well. Now, perhaps you've heard me make this observation. I've been following Jesus for over 50 years. I've been writing and talking about him for 45 years. The four books of the Bible which record Jesus' life, known as the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each book named for its author, these 89 combined chapters of the things that Jesus did and the words that Jesus spoke, they continue to blow my mind to this very day. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God spoke into nothing, and he said, let there be light, and big bang. God created something out of nothing, and our scientists will tell you the universe has not not stopped expanding since. At age 10, when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, the light of the world, as he is identified in John chapter 8, verse 12, God breathed into my soul, and big bang, my mind's comprehension and marvel over Jesus of Nazareth has not stopped expanding since. I did not say I was a genius. I did not say I was a scholar. I am light years away from either one, but Jesus keeps growing himself into every broken crevice of who I am, of my character, and my comprehension of him keeps on being tested and stretched. There's no getting comfortable with this wonderful, scandalous fool. And because he is such a fool... He calls us, those who follow him, he he challenges us to pursue him into foolish territory, into risky behavior for his kingdom's sake, for the sake of the love of God. I love the way Bob Goff puts it. We are called to continually live on the edge of yikes. Now, one of the joys of the physicality of sitting down to table and listening to another person's story is the wonder and awe of the foolishness of Jesus in their life. For example, I've been blessed to hear, privileged to hear of a church forgiving unforgivable evil, to hear of a family climbing the Everest of adoption, to hear of someone traveling around the world to teach North Koreans to snow ski just so they can also show them Jesus to hear of someone giving away bound copies of the story of Jesus to millions of people for free. And on and on I could go. If you follow Jesus, this is what you're called to do. This is what we're called to do. Crazy stuff like this or or something as equally absurd. In his classic book, The Cost of Discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who would go on to become a martyr in Nazi Germany, he put it this way. He says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And Bonhoeffer is right. Listen to Jesus' own words in Luke 9.23. A verse you, you hear me quote often, if anyone wants to follow me, Jesus said, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and come on. Well, there's a foolish notion right there. Jesus invites us to take up a cross, a symbol of a death sentence. Why? Hasn't he already done that for us? Well, yes, he has. But when we receive all his cross provides for us, forgiveness of our sin, restoring of our relationship to God, freedom, life cascading from within us and pouring forth from us, 
Well, we also receive a summons to be like Jesus, to embrace his way of life, to trade our empty idiosyncrasies for his purposeful madness. Listen to God's words through a redeemed madman named Paul. In 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and following, here's what he says. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will, re- I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. One of my favorite authors is Frederick Buechner. In his wonderful book, Wishful Thinking, he writes about the word fool, and he contrasts the foolishness of God that Paul writes about with the wisdom of the world. He said, inspection stickers used to have printed on the back, drive carefully, the life you save may be your own. He said, that is worldly wisdom in a nutshell. And then he writes, what God says, on the other hand, is the life you save is the life you lose. In other words, the life you clutch, hoard, guard, and play safe with is in the end a life worth little to anybody, including yourself. And only a life given away for love's sake is a life worth living. To bring his point home, God shows us a man who gave his life away to the extent of dying a national disgrace without a penny in the bank or a friend to his name. In terms of human wisdom, he was a perfect fool. And if you think you can follow him without making something like the same kind of a fool of yourself, you are laboring under not a cross, but a delusion. There are two kinds of fools in the world, damned fools, and what St. Paul calls fools for Christ's sake. Jim Elliott was a missionary back in the 1950s. He was taking the gospel to a tribe in South America that had never heard of Jesus before, the Aka Aka Indians, and they were headhunters. They were cannibals, and he was murdered. He was killed by the Akas, but Jim Elliott, when he was in college, wrote in his journal, 
these words. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Another one of my favorite songs is a song by the group Over the Rhine. The song is called Jesus in New Orleans. You probably haven't heard this song, but listen to these words. The last time I saw Jesus, I was drinking Bloody Marys in the South in a bar room in New Orleans, rinsing out a bad taste in my mouth. She wore a dark and faded blazer with a little of the lining hanging out. When the jukebox played Miss Dorothy Moore, I knew that it was him without a doubt. I said, the road's been my redeemer. I never know just what on earth I'll find in the faces of a stranger in the dark and weary corners of a mind. She said, the last highway is only as far away as you are from yourself. No matter just how bad it gets, it does no good to blame somebody else. And then comes the chorus, oh, ain't it crazy? What's revealed when you're not looking all that close? Oh, ain't it crazy how we put to death the ones we need the most? I know I'm not a martyr. I've never died for anyone but me. The last frontier is only the stranger in the mirror that I see. But when I least expect it, here and there, I see my Savior's face. He's still my favorite loser falling for the entire human race. Oh, ain't it crazy? What's revealed when you're not looking all that close? Oh, ain't it crazy how we put to death the ones we need the most? I love that line. When I least expect it here and there, I see my Savior's face. He's still my favorite loser. Jesus, my favorite loser, falling for the entire human race. If you're on Instagram, you know that right beneath your name is a place for you to write a brief, simple statement that sums up who you are. When I chose my statement nine years ago, I borrowed a line from a Rich Mullins song about Jesus. And so it simply reads, Robert Barge, a man of no reputation, by the wise considered a fool. Another way to say that, God's own fool. So may I continue to encourage you to run your race with God's foolishness. Keep picking up five smooth stones from the stream of gratitude, for tis the season. Keep taking the challenge to do one crazy, absurd thing every month. Something crazy and absurd that only God will understand and approve of. And if you have no idea what, I just, what I'm just talking about, go back a, a few episodes and you will see an episode entitled Crazy and another episode entitled Five Smooth Stones from the Stream. So come lose your life for a carpenter's son, for a madman who died for a dream, and you'll have the faith his first followers had, and you'll feel the weight of the beam. Come and follow God's own fool, for only the foolish can tell, and believe the unbelievable, and come be a fool as well.
Until next week, when we have another special guest, a special Thanksgiving episode, where we'll see you at the table then. God bless you. Thanks for listening.